And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, wow, Brian, what a special show we have Mm. for the world. Jeff Green, the newly named starting center, at least for one game of the Brooklyn Nets, joined us for a good 30 minutes to talk about defense. Everyone loves defense. Uh, To talk about Harden, Durant, Kyrie, to talk about awkward videos from our youth and you said malls. We talked about I did, malls. I did say that. I was wondering if you were just going to steamroll that. No, that was great. Jeff was super. That was a great interview. Fun. Really fun. And stick around after the Jeff Green interview where you can hear Brian and I talk about that amazing mm. Clippers Nets. That's a big win. That's a big Showdown win. Showdown on TNT. Big Tuesday win. night. Brr, brr, brr. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. <laughs> Pits. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall for a special price, $4 a month, TheAthletic.com, slash GlueGuys. Brian, <laughs> the Nets are back. That was a good one. That was a good one. We have a special episode, uh, Jeff Green is joining us for the show. He talked to us for 30 minutes. We've already recorded the interview. It was a super delightful conversation. We actually talked some basketball. There's mm-hmm. like some real basketball some real, chatter. Real ball talk. And then there's other fun, goofy stuff about dunks. And dunks are cool. If you haven't yet, go on iTunes. Five stars. We need them. We have to have them. Mm. Um, we appreciate everyone who's left a review so far. Some of them are super hilarious. Yeah. And I appreciate those even more. Let's just get to Jeff Green, and then after Jeff, you and I will talk a little Clippers Nets. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, no problem. I'm glad you guys could uh, accommodate my time <laughs> yeah. to practice and everything. We were just talking how, like, so first of all, fucking awesome game last night. Played a game, was we're up late, and then, like, doing media in the morning. <laughs> we're, like, we don't do anything physical and are still, like, t- tired. Hey, like, I, I, was on, I was on the yeah. elliptical last night for a solid 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm exhausted, too. Your whole body was buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we're recording this at 10 o'clock. Is 10 o'clock early for you as a player? Like, no. No? No, not with somebody who has – I have two girls, two daughters. So uh, uh, my wife, she gets up pretty early, uh, gets them ready, and then uh, we walk them to school. So uh, we just got back from walking them to school. That's why I actually do it at 10. So the girls get up pretty early at like 730, and I hear them, but I try to 
you know, stay asleep for another hour. So what are the ages? So I have a two and a half and like a five month old at this point. Are my oldest like is, Paw Patrol and all that, all that realm? My, my oldest is getting out of that a little bit. Um, my youngest is into Paw Patrol very much so. Yeah. Um, my oldest is, she's about to be four on Sunday, next Sunday. And then my youngest is two. So if, if you were a Paw Patrol character, who would you be? No, I, I won't ask you that. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. I, <laughs> when it's on, I pay attention. It's, I know one of them is, uh, is very clumsy. He always falls at the beginning. Mm, uh, I'm not sure Mar- his name. That's Marshall. To pick that's one. The, yeah, Marshall. The firefighting. To pick one. Yeah, I'll pick Marshall. I think Marshall's pretty cool. Mike's Mike's deep in the lore. In the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Deep in it. we're in the dino <laughs> stage of, uh, of. So, anyways, we should talk some basketball and some stuff. So, obviously, we're excited to talk to you this morning because last night you started for the Nets. Yeah. You, you were the starting center. I wanted to ask you this. So, like, as fans, we constantly talk about how, like, oh, Jeff Green can just move to the five, right? Like, you can just play small ball five. And, like, that's easy, right? Can you tell us what it's like as a guy who's been a wing his whole life and now is suddenly a center? No, I'm actually going to be honest with you. My freshman year in college is when it all started uh, for me as being, like, this this versatile like player who can play every position. Uh, Coach Thompson at Georgetown. Uh, he made me expand my game. High school, I was just the athletic guy who could just dunk and run the floor very well. And when I got to Georgetown, he made me start to work on my handles because within the Princeton offense, you got to be able to handle the ball, be able to pass. And then my freshman year, I started at the five. So playing this five position has been instilled in my game since college it's just a little different when you get to the nba but now when i first got into the nba uh it was a little different because back then in 07 it was definitely you had like shaq was the starting five right i don't think i would have started yeah. the five back then. that's a tough but that's a game, tough guard yeah, yeah. yes but the game has changed <laughs> dramatically in the sense of guys being able to play eat uh one through five one through four so it's um at at this point like it's like it's uh sorry it's um it's easy for me to to adjust to you know switch up the coverages to guard different positions so it's something I'm used to uh, at this point in my career but at first when I first got to the NBA and I had to make that adjustment it was a little difficult I mean we've seen a lot of there's a lot of guys who kind of famously don't want to play the five as much you know like I I mean. Anthony Davis or like, you know, Anthony Davis like likes to have a center next to him for bulks of the game. Yeah. What is it about the position, like about playing still in the center in the NBA? It's not the Shaq days, right? Like you said. Yeah, no, no, no. It's still tough though. I mean, it's still not like easy. Yeah. Playing yeah it's, definitely, it's definitely tough. It's definitely tough, especially when you got a, say for instance, example, Philly, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, who's at the five, you know, I, I don't know how much Joel weighs, but he's close to 300 but he's strong and having to, to bang with him every play with a guy who, you know, who's getting the ball every play in the post is tough. When I was uh, guarding uh, Bam Arbio in Miami, it's tough. And, but I look at it as, you know, that's just one side of the floor. At the other side, they have to come on a perimeter and guard me as well. So, you know, you have to be smart. You have to really try to, you know, 
that's what film come into play. Like I, we watch a lot of film, you know, I try to study who we're playing. Uh, and over the years, you tend to learn guys and what they like. And, you know, that's what I try to use to my advantage of knowing what guys like, what they don't like, how I can use this matchup to my advantage, uh, the speed, the, you know, anything that's possible to try to, you know, help our team win. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I always tell, tell my guys, like it's, it's a, it's a team team thing. <laughs> Don't rely on me to just to get these stops all the time. You're not the Embiid stopper that you know. No. You're not, <laughs> it's not, not at all. Coach Nash isn't saying to you before the game, "Hey Jeff, we need you to lock yeah, down and be shut it down. Eight points, yeah. four rebounds. <laughs> do it for us." I mean, that's Man. what's great. You know, like people act like the center is dead, but if you look. Is Giannis a center? You know, like is and then Jokic and Embiid and you know, there's there's guys out there that are still worthy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Joel, you look at Jokic, you look at you know Andre Drummond, who's you know getting twenty twenties, you know every other game. Uh, Even uh, Jared Allen, who was just here, you know, is a a really good center. You know, Booch in Orlando, who's a really good center. You have centers. I think it's just because the game has grown <clears throat> where you have guys just playing multiple positions. And when you say center, you only think of one position. There's only, you know, a handful of those guys who just play that position. But around the league, you have guys who play multiple. I think that's why people say that it's, it's kind of fading away, but I don't think it is. So who do you – like, do you watch Dray- – like, Draymond's the guy everyone thinks about as being the sort of the shorter – center do you try to pick up things from them or like are you just kind of are you talking a lot about film are you really more analyzing the opponent than trying to replicate someone yeah. else's game yeah yeah just more analyzing the opponent trying to see what with those guys like with joel he likes to he likes to sweep through sweep through move to look for the foul yeah. that's you a know, brooke lopez special you. i don't know if you remember yeah brooke. brooke you know yeah he does when he was here in brooklyn he, he did it a lot you know, now because of the game, he's, you know, he changed his game where he's he's shooting a lot more threes. But, you know, that was his thing when he was, you know, uh, when he was here in Brooklyn, when he played on the post a lot. You know, he got to the free throw line 10 times a game off that. I just watch to study the opponent, to study, you know, what they like to do. And how much of the, like, strategy when you're watching tape is about seeing what they want to do that's, like, low efficiency or something that they maybe don't do particularly well? And then kind of like goading them or tempting them into that kind of thing. I always wonder like how much like because Embiid like likes to shoot straightaway threes. He's not yeah. especially efficient at it. How do you like coax that out of him? You know, well, it's hard. You know, based off like the the run of the game and how is you know how it's going. You can't really force mm-hmm. him to take those shots, right. uh, but you can bait him into those shots uh, depending on. Um, you know how the game is is going, and whether they're whether or not they're in transition, whether or not he's the last one back. That's probably the easiest way. If he's the last one back, when he's trailing the play, uh, where he's catching at the top, you can kind of bait him into you know taking those shots. I mean, he might you know hit a couple, but you know sometimes you have to you know live with those things. And you know, it's, you can't you can force players sometimes to do what you want, but sometimes it's hard. You just have to. That's why film coming to play, knowing what they like. And just trying to take that away. See, I love that we're talking about defense. I'm sure you guys hear because so much of the chatter is obviously like you have Harden, Durant, Kyrie. Offense, you know, there should be no problems with offense, and everyone talks about the defense. I have League Pass, and what's cool about League Pass is that 
uh, once the game goes to commercial and you guys sit down on the bench, it, it puts the camera on you guys on yeah. and you can see the conversation happening, which you don't see in the TV broadcast. You don't see the conversation amongst players. And it seems like it, just from body language and me trying to read lips, uh, it seems like you're talking about defense a lot of the time yeah. on, on the bench. How much of a focus is the defense knowing that like the offense is there already? How much are you guys trying to figure out the defensive aspect of the game? Yeah, no, I, I, I would definitely agree. Like 90% of our conversation in the huddle during timeout is about defense. And it's tough because when you have a team like us who's very versatile, who can obviously switch one through five, you're going to have teams to do schemes that that can try to, you know, take away what we're trying to do as far as on the defensive end. And there, I mean, and that's the NBA. You have you, it's hard to guard one on one. I'm going to say that right now. Like you, it's no one person in this league who can guard one on one and stop everybody one on one. Based off the different personnel, game in and game out, it's tough. You know, you're going to have cross matches where Kyrie may end up on Joel Embiid. And it's tough. You you can't take certain things away. You have to figure out what you're going to live with and figure out what you're going to try to take away. But some nights, like against Washington, with a, a guy like Russell, who was like my closest friend, based off percentages, he's not shooting the three well. Well, he but was against fucking us, hitting those yeah, shots. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Against us. Like Kai said it after the game against Washington, like we're going to get teams best shots. Teams are going to make a lot of shots for some reason against us. And that night in particular against Washington, Russell just happened to be on and make make what the thing made four or five threes and happened to hit his last one to put him a one at the end of the game. And that's something that we just have to live with. With his percentages, it's like, all right, you know, you want to shoot him, go ahead. But if he makes him, it's like, oh, man, it's tough. It's going to be a tough night. And it's just how how it happens sometimes. But 90% of the time, that is our focus is defense. Yeah, I mean, I like I was excited. I mean, even though the Nets lost, like, I was excited to see Russell play at that level because he had been out with some injury and there were people yeah. beginning to talk about, you know, what Russell, like, what is he going to look like going forward? Because he's had injuries. But he obviously he he looked like pr- like pretty much old older Russell. Yeah, Russell. Yeah. Even though the Wizards' record isn't very good, I know you used to play for the Wizards. I think it's kind of a bad matchup for you guys because they do they can score. You're like they're one of the few teams yeah. that can put up buckets in the way against you guys. There's other teams I don't think in the NBA that even though maybe your defense isn't you know top five or what you know it isn't at that level, they'll never be able to score at yeah, the exactly. frequency. I mean, we saw last night against the Clippers, there was a sequence where. I think it was Harden hit a three, Kyrie hit a three, and then KD hit a three. Yeah, and it was just like boom, 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 excellence, excellence, excellence. As someone on the floor with them in those moments, have you? I mean, you played with you know KD and Russ and Harden. Yeah. What What is it like now playing with them when you're all at this stage in your career as opposed to you know back in the day? Well, I love it. I mean, at this point, is it's one common goal, and that's to win a championship. Back then, it was, man, I got to figure out a way to, to get my name going and get my brand going. And, I mean, that's how, that's how it always is. You know, when you're young, you're trying to make a statement, especially with KD, you know, you know with, you know, everything that was coming towards him uh, out of college as far as, you know, Seattle being his team, oh, Seattle, OKC being his team, you know, the pressure is going to come with him. So, you know, he had to distance himself from the rest of us as far as, you know, that's that's our guy. That's the go-to guy. And it was, you know, he had to make a name for himself. At this point, what, 14 years in, 
we're like, hey, man, like he did what he did. I, I went my route and got to this point, you know, 14 years. I just want to win a championship, you know, and that's all we care about. Like, I mean, you see the change in James's game. People question whether or not he was going to be able to change how he played in Houston to how we play in Brooklyn. I mean, he's been playing amazing. Like, I mean, triple doubles and, you know, he's he's not selfish as people thought he was going to be, you know, as one in the shots and as everybody say, dribble, dribble, dribble. He's, he hasn't done that at all unless he had to. And if he had to, it's because he was like, hey, go get a bucket. You know, and at this point, like I said, like we just want to win a championship. You know, myself, KD, James, uh, Kyrie, and down the line of the rest of this team, like we just want to win. You know, opposed to when we first came in, it was like, hey, like, you know, I'm trying to establish myself, get a name for myself. I'm trying to make All-Star. I'm trying to get MVP. These accolades, individual accolades, I'm trying to get. Okay, cool. You know, and now is I just want to win. I just want to win a championship. Yeah, and to that, since you guys joined back up again, there's a video that's been popping around. <laughs> oh, no. I have the video. Oh, I'm no. going to pull it up for a second. Oh, wow. You're really... I'm going to bring it up. So you maybe won't even see it now. Do you see the video, Jeff? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> All right. I won't play it. I mean, I'll, I'll play the video a little bit. So I've give the people... <laughs> give, give the people... Uh, what, what was going on here? So what, what I'm talking about, you probably can't see it because it's a podcast... Uh, it's you, uh, James, Katie, in a hotel room uh, performing "Say Ah." <laughs> just, uh, I'm, I'm just looking you, into I'm, a camera. We were TikTok before TikTok, man. It was <laughs> that's exactly you know, right. We were young. I, I think I was like I had to be 20, 21, 22. Katie was nineteen. James was nineteen. Like we couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We would go to these cities, and we would go to. Once we get there, we would go to the mall. Then we go out to eat. Then they'd be like, all right, what are we going to do? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. And then, <laughs> like, this song came out. It was Hot Song by Trey Songz. And it was like, yeah. man, let's just, we was messing around in the hotel, like, just playing around. And we started, you know, singing the song. And then we started recording it. And KD was actually, you know, he did all the effects and all that stuff. But it was just <laughs> those were that we cool just effects, did. Jeff. Like, they yeah, were real like, they fire. Were like, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about. Remember going to the mall? My God, like just like spending a day at the mall. Man, what a yeah, life! We used yeah. to we used to do that every city. Go to the mall, go get something to eat, and then go back to the hotel. But we is that because you guys were man. not old enough to go out to the like a club? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you like, brought the club to the hotel. They couldn't drink. Mm-hmm. They couldn't drink. I wasn't a big drinker. It was like, all right, what are we going to do? You know, and that's, <laughs> we had a young team. I mean, Russ was on that team. Serge was on that team. So we were all young. And that that day, I think we did that video and, like, one other one. I don't know what the, the other one was, but oh, well, this one is buried. <laughs> super popular now, now that we're all together. We talk about it. We talked about it a couple of times. But uh, they were like, you got to do it again. I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Again. Oh, you have. <laughs> no way, yeah. Oh, Dude, wow. Up, you got to update it in some way i mean like kd particularly looks like a baby like he looks and harden (laughs) doesn't have the full beard like he's like (laughs) early stages of beard um do you know what city were you in at that point do you know i'm gonna be honest i don't really know if i had to guess i would say probably san antonio or something what is your favorite mall of all the ones you've been to wow big question this is the biggest one of the show so (laughs) (laughs) i I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been to a mall in so long now. What about but the mall, then, mall of America? 
No, I, I didn't even like that. That's the one in Minnesota, right? Yeah, with the yeah, roller I didn't coaster. I like that one. I'm gonna be honest, I like the one in Orlando uh, is pretty good. That's the only one I can remember. <laughs> the other ones I don't even really know. <laughs> They're probably that's, all the same. That's the impression. Yeah. They all have Chick-fil-A's in them. Yeah, they, you got the Foot Locker. You got the Panda yeah, Express. The Foot Locker yeah. and all that other good stuff. But I, I don't even go to the mall anymore. Order online, baby. Hit up Spencer's if you're feeling frisky. You know. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you. So you did play, obviously, with, you know, Harden's like rise from six man to MVP. You know, it's pretty incredible. It's always hard for me to figure – I mean, you watch him play basketball. You understand why he's so dynamic offensively. He's not that big. You know, he is quick, super quick, but he's not overwhelmingly – he's not like John Wall, right? Like John Wall is mm-hmm. like – was an Russ, if we're talking about guards. So, like, what is it about Harden that has allowed him to become sort of this, you know, one of the great, frankly, offensive players in the history of the NBA? What what does he have that that gives him that ability? I mean, the guy is, he's shifty, he's creative, uh, you know, it helps that he can really, really shoot, <laughs> uh, you know, he can dribble, he has handle, um, he has vision, I mean, you name it, he has it, he has a total package, like, like you said, he may not look, you know, like the guy who can do all this with the physique, you know, he's not ripped, he's not super quick, you know, he's not super athletic, but he gets it done. And, I mean, he has everything you can ask for an NBA player, you know, the shooting, the creativeness, the vision, you know, the passing ability. I mean, you name it. Um, he has it, man. He's, his IQ, he's smart. You know what's you know? funny about him is he has played so different coming on the Nets, again, of how he played in Houston and how he's playing so differently immediately in Brooklyn. But he's shooting open threes now, and I can't remember for the life of, me, of him, like, really shooting man. open threes. That happened last night. Yes. Uh, I was talking, we were on the bench and it was me and TLC, I believe. And he, somebody swung it to him. He was like, holy (laughs) shit. That's the first time we we ever seen him shoot a catch, uh, catch and shoot three. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I seen him shoot a catch and shoot three. Yeah. Yeah. Top of the key. And then there was another time he shot a mid range and like we went crazy on the bench. He's like, oh my God, he's shooting mid range. Like this is. Looked at Mike D'Antoni and was like, he can do it. Like, it's it's possible. So, it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's just the effect of, you know, the, the opposing weapons, the weapons that we have. Uh, you know, we have so many guys who can do so much. I mean, the things are going to come easy. The reason why we're doing this at 10 a.m. is that you do have practice at 2 p. But, like, how you can't get that yeah. much practice in right during the season. How have you guys been trying to go about getting that chemistry? Is it only, like, is it basically, like, you just have to play the games and kind of run through the schedule and try to figure it out as you guys go along? Because I think yeah, people that's... believe that you all practice more, have the ability to practice more than you do, which you don't have the ability to do so. No, people are wrong. We <laughs> haven't had time with travel and our schedule. We haven't had time to practice at all. I can honestly say since the trade, we probably had one to two two practices. I mean, because of COVID, because of you know, the things that we have to deal with is travel and the games are feeling like back to backs right now. I mean, we, we, this is our first time today and tomorrow that we had two games in two days in between a game since maybe what Christmas, maybe we've been playing every other day. It's been tough for us to really get in the gym to really be like, Hey, let's focus on what we, what we can do, how we can get better. Let's run through this. Let's run through that. Let's get James acclimated with what we're trying to do right here. Let's get him acclimated on this side. Like, 
I seen I forgot who said it the other day, uh, but we feel the same way. Like these games have become our practices. It sounds weird to say, but I mean, it just it is what it is. Like we've had to use these games to try to get on the same page, build chemistry. And I mean, so much can come from understanding somebody off the court as, you know, having a conversation, sitting down talking with them. Um, but, you know, having practice and, you know, having that dialogue on the court and walking through stuff has, can help in many ways, but not having that opportunity to do it has really like made us to focus on watching film and then, all right, we play Atlanta tonight. All right, let's try to acclimate this into what we're trying to do so we can get used to it for down the line. And that's how, it's, that's how it's been. What are the actual things that you hope to have work on in the games as a unit? Like, are there things that you all are trying to definitely figure out together, like the top few goals? I mean, we have a couple of things. Um, you know, for me, you know, it's the offensive side of, you know, trying to figure out spots because we have so many interchangeable lineups without practice. And using games, you got to figure out on the fly, like, all right, if I'm the five and we have KD, Kyrie, uh, James, and Joe, and I'm the five, you know, the, the perimeter is all taken, all the slides. So it's like, I got to figure out where is the spots that I can help the team. You know, when DJ is the five and I'm the four, I got to figure out ways to help the team. When KD and Kyrie are out and maybe it's James and at the point with DJ, me and TLC and, and Sham, like we got to figure out, all right, what can we run? What can we do? So those things, those are the things that like for me down the line, I got to figure out right, if I'm into five here, how can I play here? What can I do here? So so many things like that goes on through my mind. I'm like, all right, I need to figure this out because there's no telling of, you know, who we play based on their person, the, the opposing team personnel, where I might be. So I got to figure out, all right, I got to know my spots. I got to know where I, where I can be, how I can be effective, how they're going to play, where I can be on the floor to space the floor to make it easier for K- Kyrie, James, and KD, and even Joe. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of interchangeable things that, that's a game-to-game basis that I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. And the only way I can do it is by, you know, playing. I'll ask you one last question. So you are known for dunking on people. Um, you're yes. one of the best in-game dunkers. What is, it doesn't have to be your favorite in-game dunk, but you could tell me that. What, what, is, a, what is a dunk that in your career that still like sticks in your mind is like, that was a good fucking dunk. That felt good when I did that. You're up late, man, I get, laying in I bed thinking. Yeah. Man, I get this like a lot. <laughs> this uh, question? Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't I don't have just one mm. like I every year in my career I've had a dunk and I was like damn like I just like did that does like, your, one of those do you that, like black out when it happens like do you like like you, like you know Will Ferrell in old school like I just black like do you like because they're, they're so electric and they come out of nowhere it's not like yeah it's not, you know what i mean like do you like does your mind go blank you're like i'm just i'm just dunked on the entire the entirety of the los angeles lakers right now does that happen or? No, actually because of my demeanor like i'm so like reserved and calm like i don't really react it's more so like afterwards like we get in the locker room like damn like i just did that like yeah, like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I can still do it. Like, when I got the one in uh, the preseason against Boston, it was like, everybody was like, oh, my God, you can still jump. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I can <laughs> yeah. really still do this, yeah. <laughs> but, like, there was something that stick out. Like, when I was in Cleveland in the preseason, 
like who one of my who's like one of my closest friends, Yamahimi. I got him in Washington. Uh, my rookie year, I don't throw Yao Ming. Oh yeah, mm. uh, that's a good. My sec, I want to say it's the second year. I got a, uh, I think it's Robin who was in Phoenix, Robert Lopez. I got him down the middle with my left hand. Uh, everybody remembers the Al Jefferson one mm-hmm. uh, when I was in Boston. I got Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, one of oh, another one of my close friends. I got him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Victor so Depot. It's not when like, you have a whole mixtape in your head, is what you have. You I have, have a YouTube whole mixtape, <laughs> like a, a good. Like I had to tell uh, Reggie, our rookie. Like I had to tell him. Like I had to really sit him down. Like, look, you're looking at a guy who this is my 14th year. Like you're looking at a guy in his 14th year who can still jump. So just imagine me, like seven years ago. Like where I would just jump. Like I told him, I said, I used to average two offensive fouls a game because I used to try to just jump and duck on people from from anywhere on the court. And I don't think he really understood. So I was like, yo, go YouTube me. Yeah. Got to <laughs> like, make him understand. Got to understand, yeah, Reggie. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I understand. only know TikTok. So I don't <laughs> yeah, know what, yeah, I don't know exactly. YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> like I really had to like tell him, like, you know, but like I've had, I I don't like to I'm not like a brag or anything, but I really that's what you're here for. Of, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I really had a lot of dunks on people that I'm like. When I look back, it's like damn, like I had that one too. Like I had one in when I was with Boston. We were in Houston with Carlos Delfino, mm. like right down the middle. That's, like, that's a like, shout of that's an old name from the past, Carlos Delfino. Yeah, Come exactly. On, so like I, I've I've had a lot of. A lot of a lot of dunks, a lot of highlights, man. And it's uh, and I mean to be, I wouldn't say I'm known for it, but to have that respect to in the league to like when my peers are like, like we played Washington the other day when I had to dunk down the middle, and Ishmith, like he was in the game and he was in the bottom bottom wing. He was supposed to rotate over and stop me, and like two plays down, we was at a free throw line. He's like, man, it was no way I was coming over there. When you get up in the Statue of Liberty, is I still see it every time. Like, they, like to have that respect to know, like people under, like they know that's like one of my things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, yeah. you know, being fourteen years in and you know done what I've gone through, what I've gone through in my career. You know, it's it's definitely a blessing. I'm definitely thankful for it. To me, it's a more exciting play than the uh, Trey Young jump backwards into the defender play. Mm. But I, <laughs> sorry, uh, I said Shut, it. I appreciate yeah. Jeff. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, I appreciate well, you, and uh, hopefully you can have as many dunks in the NBA Finals as the Nets win the championship. <laughs> the that's NBA what we're going finals. for. Yes, that's where that's where it's most important. That's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Thanks for having me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, man, what an interview mm. with Jeff. What a delightful interview. I it enjoyed was, that. I appreciate Jeff's time. Jeff, uh, we kind of talked about this in the interview. Uh, we were trying to figure out the right time to do this, and Jeff was hoping, I think, that they didn't have practice today, which they do, mm. um, and so that we could have done the interview later in the afternoon, but he 
didn't wake up for us, uh, but we were able to do it early in the morning, and we so appreciate it. He was there, he was there 10 a.m. on the DOT, Mike. That's punctuality. That's professional. Okay. More professional than, than oh, we yeah. are oh, yeah. in our, in our normal lives. Um, Brian, they, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also I want to thank Jeff because he played 32 minutes in a rock'em sock'em game against the what Los a, Angeles Clippers. Would you say that was the best game thus far? Did you enjoy yourself? I think that there's that Bucks game. Bucks game was big. The Celtics game on Christmas was nice. The Celtics game was just nice overall, just to have that like stamp mm-hmm. of dominance. Um, this was a great game because it was close all throughout. The Clippers were leading, I think, for the entirety of the first half. And um, the Nets slowly but surely maintained a lead, kept a lead. And actually, even though they gave up 120 points, it felt like defense was being played, right? Like it, it felt like we were getting a defensive performance, even though they gave up 120. Um, what what stood out to you in last night's game? Well, I think it's it's an interesting counterpoint to the Washington Wizards debacle that we <laughs> will so never bad. speak about the Voldemort game, as it were. Um, you know, because we don't talk about it. Right, right. Um, I've read. Did you like? <laughs> did you get that reference? I got. Um, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we could talk about it. Um, I thought it was an interesting counterpoint, and I wonder what the. Uh, macro memes, you know, most thinking about the macro meme um, of, of playing down versus up to the competition is going to be for this team. Um, It seems like we show up bigly for, for the big games and not bigly for, um, you know, teams that we don't view as people that we're going to necessarily interface with much at the highest competitive levels of basketball. Um, I'm wondering if that's like, if there's some like virtuousness in that, like if that makes sense, like, okay, so here's the game where playing the wizards is not that big of a deal. If we take an L here, we're still, you know, the second seed or whatever we are. And, you know, it, like I get that pe- there, there's arguments for seeding going in the future, but like we were talking with Jeff, like there's no time for practice. And so if you're going to like experiment a little and not, not that I like picked up on like some wild experimentation on the wizards game, but like if you're going to throw some new looks into the mix and, and play around with your rotation a little bit, um, those are the times to do it. And oftentimes that'll net you not super great results. Having said that, like we pro- like that was a meme loss. That was a stupid loss. We obviously like just like cough that up in a very strange way. Um, so in in all the ways, I'm not really worried about that one, um, but yeah. Anyways, I just I'm I'm thinking about like, are we just starting to lean into this idea that like we're gonna play up to the competition that's you know we view as real competition and maybe take some ugly looking L's to not great looking teams? No, I mean I think what it is is that the Nets are as much as I love Jeff and we talked a lot about defense. The Nets are still not a good defensive team to put it nicely, and when you're not good at defense. That allows not good teams to play good on offense. This is the, sort of the mathematical equation, right? Um, and so if the Nets aren't going to be good at defense, it is going to allow teams. I mean, like the Wizards, I and I told this to Jeff, I think they are a bad matchup just because the Wizards can put up points. The Wizards can put up 140 in a game as they did. And it's not like that ridiculous when they do so because of the amount of talent they have on the offensive side. So... Like, how many more points can the Nets realistically score even though the Wizards are bad at defense? So, I just think, like, I don't think it's like a playing down, playing up to competition. Um, If anything, I look at it as a positive, the fact that this team is so new, so thrown together with so little practice time, 
that when they play the really good teams who maybe have more cohesion, the Nets are able to compete and frankly have been winning these games at a higher level than a lot of teams. I mean, the Nets are what they're second in the East right now. Um, let me look that up. Yeah, they're, they're 14 wins, second in the East. There are two games behind the 76ers. Um, the, what I loved about the Clippers game last night was the like continual, like perfect balance between Durant, Irving, and Harden. Like, obviously, Kyrie was ascendant throughout pretty much the whole game, but particularly so at like various points when they really needed him. Like, he made about seven plays that were unbelievable and that only Kyrie Irving can make. You know, like there was that one where he was driving to the basket on the right side. And has a defender coming at him above him and then behind him. And he has to jump across the lane and spin the ball up onto the backboard and get into the bucket. Which is like, that is Kyrie Irving. And that's, you know, we often talk about the difference between Kyrie and D'Angelo Russell. That's like the elevated level of basketball. There was a, a really funny moment in there where I believe like the last defender that rotated was Batum, I want to say. And it, it kind of at first looked like he was complaining about a foul, but like you just kind of realized that he was like complaining to to, to God. Like it was just like <laughs> he was just like he was like this. Was like what was that? What what was I supposed to do? Yeah. By the way, Batum. I, everyone made fun of me when they were like, oh, "Oh, why why would you want Nick Batum on the team?" I can't believe you're stealing my Batum take and taking. I mean, I can believe. I can believe that. I think your Batum take was that he would not be on the Hornets this season. And that <laughs> okay. that is actually I give you that's even a better a better prediction mm. because you would have thought with his thirty million dollar salary or whatever it was that right. he was definitely gonna be on the Hornets. Um my Batum take was just that I think he would have been an amazing been signing for the Nets. Right. And fair. Uh I actually like that he's like getting a little hefty around the waist. You like you that? know, like he's not like rail thin Batum anymore. He's got some Yeah. He's had some vino. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is vino vino is not French, is it for for wine? Uh, or is it? That's the Italian. That's the Italian. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> um, so okay. So going back into all this though, um, the, the the question that is going to be pervasive around this team is like, and it's a stupid meme question. It's not stupid. It's it, it is like the question is like, can you have an offense that's so efficient that you can have a bottom five defense? Like, is that a possibility? And I mean, there's a couple of like interesting indicators. I mean, like as of right now, we have a very effective offense Um, of the top 20 players, three point percentage wise, the Nets uh, boast four players in that, you know, uh, all in the above 45% or just about on the cusp, like Jeff Green and and Kyrie Irving are shooting 44% from the three point line. You know, Durant, Joe Harris is shooting 48% right now on six or almost seven attempts. Um, we are we are doing that offense offensive efficiency thing to the fullest extent of that argument. Um, I think it's a fun idea. Like as as <laughs> I, don't, I don't like I don't, we're never going to get we're gonna get we can possibly aspire to be like between the fifteenth and twentieth best defense. Like that's that's that is where we can hope to be. Um, does that concern you as far as championship aspirations go? That's sort of where I'm at. Well. The defense has to concern you just because there there just really haven't been many teams who've won a championship who've been the worst defensive team in the NBA. I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Cavs from 2016. Okay, I'll, I swear to God, I'll do it. I know, I know the the turn the light switch on mm-hmm. team. Like everyone was talking about how they're eventually switched. What I found was interesting in the Jeff Green interview 
if I may say so myself, when we were asking him about centers in the NBA who were impressive, he brought up the name of Andre Drummond, mm. who Drummond has been linked to the Nets. Zach Harper from The Athletic has said there's many people around the league that believe that Drummond will be bought out eventually by the Cavs and that he will immediately go sign with the Nets. Um, I thought it was interesting, that Je- not that Jeff is pulling the strings, not that he's he's the puppet master in Brooklyn, but maybe he is. Could be. We don't know that. It's good. Um, There's a lot of six degrees of separation with Jeff Green on this team, for sure. There is. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting that Jeff brought that up. I don't think, again, I don't think it was a a Marxian slip, if you will. But thank you. Um, the, it is a concern. And the problems that happened last night, even in a win, and I like the defense, even though they gave up 120, is that they gave up way too many second chance points. Nash referenced it of how I think he said, basically, like, we can't give up an extra 20 shots in a game against a team like the Clippers. There were just too many times when, like, uh, the ball would bounce off the rim and the Nets would have no shot at getting the defensive rebound, and then it would reset the offensive possession for the Clippers. And as much, you know, like, you just need a big old dude who uh, can rebound the ball at a consistent level. Like, you just need, like, 12 minutes a game where, like, you can lock down rebounding if you really kind of need to bring that source in. Um, but, I mean, the, the let's, let's talk positives. Think about this, Brian. Mm. KD only shot the ball 13 times. Yeah. Now he made 11 shots. He only shot the ball 13 times and scored 28 points in this game. He actually had no assists, so he was kind of like, he was. it was really a low-usage game for KD. Harden barely um, had any attempts throughout most of the game and then kind of came on late. And he still finished with 23, 14 assists, and 11 rebounds. Um, Kyrie was amazing. And those three guys together, you know, I think they had, what would that be? That would, I'm trying to do math. But I think they scored 80 points combined last night. Um, so when you have your top three players scoring 80 points, it just does make it easier. And Joe had a good game. Uh, DeAndre actually, I thought, had a pretty good game. You know, he was mixing it in, mm-hmm. being a good backup big on the floor. It was just a good win. It was a good win. Just felt good. Flawless win. It felt really good. Um, I'm not going to do any of the negatives. There's no. I, I, that, we already did that with the defense, the stupid defense memes. When you saw Serge Ibaka out there, though, did you feel there was a little? I was a little bit like, hmm, that would have been a a really tasty guy to a have really in the special mix. fit right now. Yeah, he really would have made the Harden trade even better because yeah. if he's on the team with Jeff Green and DeAndre, then you have your like your small ball super switchy five and Jeff. You have more of the mid-range center in Ibaka who could still protect the rim. And then you have big old DeAndre. Yeah, potato sack DeAndre. Um, <laughs> that would have been, thinking about it now, like, mm, is it too late? How do we How do we steal it? <laughs> how do we get him? <laughs> yeah. Can he poison the, the well so in, yeah. in L.A.? <laughs> um, and, and I tweeted this out. And I, uh, I, I suggest everyone follow us on Twitter because that's where all the genius comes from. The Nets have a very interesting February. So coming up, they have the Raptors, Sixers, Detroit, Indiana, Golden State. Golden State's good. Uh, Sacramento, kind of good. Phoenix, Lakers, Clippers, and then the rest of the. And then eventually they finish the month with the Dallas Mavericks at home on a Saturday night ABC game. There's a lot of. I mean, the fact that the Lakers are in there, another Clippers game, the the Eastern Conference leading 76ers. Within February, we're gonna get. A lot of data about this team. Mm. Um, the way that Nash has been coaching this, 
So they, they have a Raptors game coming up on Friday and then a Saturday night game, a back-to-back at Philly. Nash has been – they've been playing their best players in the biggest games, right? They don't sit typically their best players in the big games. I would think that, like, one of the big three are going to sit for that Raptors game and then everyone goes full in on that 76ers game and tries to make a statement and tries to take the East in that very game. Mm. Um, but I'm excited. Brian. Mike. I also need to do something else. Oh. I need to apologize. I'm, I'm here for that. So you have been the uh, nurturer and the uh, old McDonald of the <laughs> oh, farm this, that is the, this should be good. Of, the, of Discord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have a Discord going. We've had a Discord going. Brian's really been the one uh, watering those seeds. I've been bad about it lately. Last, last two games I haven't been there, but you know, I'll be back. I'll be back, guys. I loudly proclaimed that the Nets should sign Christ Kamaje. Um, if you don't know who Christ Kamaje is, I, I, you should not feel bad. He is seven foot three, two seventy. He was the defensive player of the year in the G League last year, and he's playing in Spain right now. And I thought, oh wow, another Mike Smeltz take. What a classic, classically found Mike Smeltz take. Well, apparently on our Discord, uh, this has been a, a point of conversation before I brought up Christ. Christ has been a center of conversation. One fellow in the Discord who we think is Sean Goodfriend, good friend of the show, right? Potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> Naming uh, names, though. Naming names, that's good. Well, I know yeah. it's a direct apology. He's a good friend he, he of the said, show. He said that there was, um, that w- he was like, Mike, you've, you basically foul like, play. You screwed up. It was foul play. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's bring this in. Let's get a, a inspector general in this situation. We've been talking on the Discord about Christ Kamaja before you ever brought him up. Yeah. And then he also accuses me of stealing... A sliding door moment from Bill Simmons. Here comes which the most backhanded apology you've ever heard, Sean. I, Get ready for this. I do not. I, I hear you, uh, Sean Goodfriend. In fact, um, it's been the other way around a couple of times. So uh, I did not steal sliding door moment from Bill Simmons. Other things have been maybe lifted uh, for me, um, <laughs> which I will not go into. But the... Um, but I apologize because I would hate for anyone to think I stole mm. their take. I am the person who, when I tweet something on Twitter, like a whatever it would be, and I see someone else tweet something very similar a few minutes afterwards, I'm the the salty one. Mm. So I, I am very defensive over my. He ideas. can relate. He can relate. That's what he's trying to I say. I can relate. Um, Brian, Mike, thank you so much for having me on the big show today. That was a that was a hoot, and thanks to Jeff Green again. That was that was really generous. Really good. Good use of the yeah. time. We appreciate him. Um, it was a really good interview. You'll also be able to see some fun. We we had it on Zoom, so you have some fun video clips Great. that will be propagating your your feeds. Propagating is that the right word? Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. All right. Um, all right, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, you got it. Anytime.